Hey, listeners, do you guys love my silky, buttery voice? Well, you're going to get none of that for this episode because this dumbass forgot to turn on the mixer. Uh, so you're going to hear um, my laptop mic, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, as a caveat, I will turn off ads for this episode so you guys can listen if you can stomach it. Uh, because we really want to discuss the two very famous... Why am I going into introductions already? Just listen to the episode. Your martial arts movie podcast. <laughs> I threw that shit before I walked in the room. Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of fail. All right. So we're we're doing Angel Terminators one and two today. Oh my God! Why did uh, yeah. we, Why did we decide to do these? Two well, we were movies? pretty. We. Well, I don't. I don't remember being too drunk, but I do remember us having a couple of drinks. We were mm-hmm. watching Angel Terminators two. That yeah. was the one that we wanted to actually cover today. Mm-hmm. Uh, only that movie. Yeah. However, uh, I don't know what what compelled us to want to talk about the first one too. So after we watched Angel Terminator two, and you were kind of on your way out, you're like. We started. I started watching the first one while you were kind of like getting ready to go, and then you left, and then I finished it, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't know what you're talking about. I like this movie because I remember oh. you saying that you like you did not like what you watched at all, and only the ending was kind of memorable for you." Oh, I don't. Fi- okay, well now that I've seen both, and I did watch in chronological order, right? So. In preparation for this episode, we're only going to watch, watch and talk about Angel Terminators 2. Uh, this is our first viewing of both movies. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just was thinking, oh, might as well watch the first one. See if there's any sort of resemblance. There is none. There's no continuity. There is. They don't share the same directors. No returning characters. Typical Hong Kong series numbering. It's like one and two and three and four. Mm-hmm. Could be completely different movies. Doesn't even matter. But I watched Term- uh, Angel Terminators 1 and I thought, I don't like this. And then I watched him, and then I watched the second one. I'm like, I also don't like this. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know. This is going to be an unfair comparison episode. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we even want to compare the two. I mean, so for me, I, I I know right away. Like, I actually really liked the first one as a movie. Like, I liked the drama and kind of cop thriller aspects behind it, and the martial arts thrown in uh, were were pretty decent, uh, in my opinion. Uh, the second one, it, it's a little all over the place. It's like, so with the first movie, there are scene, there are fight scenes, uh, devoted to like specific locations. They last a decent amount of time and then they're over in the second movie. There are so many brawls happening in so many locations. The problem is they're not doing anything, uh, different. They're not doing anything to differentiate themselves in terms of choreography. So I can't really remember a lot of the fights in the second one, even though there's a lot more. So it's it's kind of yeah. frustrating. Right. Well, you the second one's the one that everybody knows, and that's really that's a stretch already because not this is one of the more obscure uh, martial arts movies that's you know it's highly touted by the ones we actually do know about them. But you know, uh, there's not that much information on these movies, unfortunately. That's probably another reason why we're deciding to talk about both of them today. 
Um, but the second one does have the more memorable actresses, right? Yes. The more yes. the bigger names in martial arts uh, history. So we have Moon Lee mm-hmm. and we have Yukari Oshima. Whereas the first one has it, it has Kara Wai, who was in Lady is the Boss, the previous episode we covered. But she's not really in the movie. Mm-hmm. Not really. Uh, instead, we have uh, Pang Pang Yun. Mm-hmm. If I that correctly. Um, and she doesn't have that charisma that i was hoping that you know moon lee and yukari brought in the second film right yeah so i've been wanting to talk about uh moon lee and uh yukari uh, oshima for a while because they have always been paired up in the girls with guns movies like uh not so famous uh outside of you know the native country but i guess if you're like a hong kong movie lover uh you're probably gonna know them because they just get paired up so much and yeah so going back to what you were saying unfortunately uh pen pen young she i I feel like they sold her her fighting with the choreography and the edits as where with um yukari oshima like man she's ferocious i like i believe all her power and all her hits where um with pen pen it's like movie magic helped to sell the fact that she's like beating up these people for me right 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 right. well i mean i think well okay we can just refer to her as uh sharon sharon young actually i think she does have a background in martial arts uh, somewhere shape or form but compare that to oh yeah she was in uh, opera um so she's she has a stage training but compared to yukari uh, oshima uh, cynthia luster if you want to call her that um she has um she has a background in karate so you know like she she clearly does have that like ferocity in all her hits you know and you know she definitely made a career for herself uh, you know based off of that and she what did like you said pair with moon lee a lot she was in uh iron angels uh where i think she was the villain no no she yes she was the villain and then death triangle wherein moon lee was the villain mm-hmm. now that's really hard to believe because moon lee look if you look at her face she looks like she looks like a child <laughs> <laughs> the face of a child. i can't ever imagine her as a, a kid uh, or as a villain yeah she's anyways, got she's got the leading lady face where unfortunately for uh yukari she has that resting bitch face but it <laughs> works so well for her to play like the villain roles yeah. or in this case with angel terminator 2 she's like the troubled youth so yeah, yeah. They, they, she was perfectly cast in this in this movie. Right. Hey, you know, Yukari, this, Yukari's best role was her, her role in Ricky O, the story <laughs> of Ricky O, if you remember that that role, where yeah. you couldn't tell if it was a boy or girl. I want to watch that movie again now mm-hmm. that I've seen more of her films, because unfortunately uh, with Ricky O, the, the gore and the um over the top action and nonsense overshadows everybody Mm -hmm. for me so i'd like to i'd like to go back again and then look at all like the smaller parts in that film right well i don't think we're ever going to cover rikio because that film is not doesn't have any choreography it is just like you said it's all about the gore all about the violence Mm -hmm. and it's like barely this fighting it's not really fighting uh wow we got really (laughs) tangential We're talking about Angel Terminators 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the reason why I don't like these films is just because they're just so, so unpleasant. They're just really hard to sit through. Um, yeah, like from start to finish, uh, I just was not enjoying uh, like the stories because I just felt like they just leave a bad taste in my mouth. Um, but Maybe. like the action is pretty good. Wait, what? I was just going to say, I think that's kind of why I like the first one because the 
the good guys are constantly in this kind of uphill struggle. The villain of the film is constantly getting the better of him. So you just, like, he becomes that bastard that you just want to get in the end. So I liked the ultimate payoff in that movie. And it, it's kind <laughs> Hilarious. of hilarious. Yeah, it's kind of funny because when you were and when you were telling me after you watched the film, you said, oh, my God, it's hard to differentiate all these characters because there's so many female characters in both movies. In Angel Terminators 1, a lot of the female characters have similar haircuts. Mm-hmm. So there were so many times where uh, a character would come on screen and, and I thought, oh, OK, that's this person. Yep. But it turns out it was just a completely different character with a similar hairstyle. And, yeah. you know, I'm not familiar with, with Chinese faces, so mm-hmm. I got lost the first time watching it. But upon watching it a second time and then kind of realizing all the names and, and getting more familiar with them, I was like, okay, I, I enjoy this a lot more. Okay. Well, okay, I'll, I'll throw you a bone and I'll say that the first one definitely has a more um, cohesive story because there's a lot less characters and also feels like the, there are a lot of characters, but there's a lot... Um, more of a focus on the lead character played by Sharon Young. She like it, it's she kind of takes a backseat sometimes to the story, but you really, really you know like the movie's about her, right? Whereas Angel Terminators Two, it jumps back and forth between Moon Lee, Moon Lee and Yukari's story, and then Sybil Hu's uh, story, mm-hmm. and then jumps towards like the villain, and it's like it just keeps on jumping back and forth. It can be really hard to keep track of. Yeah. So I so I think the theme that these movies share is that. You have these group of characters, you are cutting back and forth between their stories, and then they all kind of converge together in the end. That's mm-hmm. uh, kind of a similar plot to the first and second one. I think the first one does it a lot better. And then the second one, uh, I don't know, I just I didn't like any of the characters in the second one because I feel you're following the bad guys a little more. And uh, Yukari's uh, gang, they're not necessarily the bad guys, they're... You know the trouble. They're, they're the troubled kids. They're the the uh, yeah. you know the hostile youth, but they are the main characters. So it's you know they're just being hooligans. It's it's a little hard for me to like them, but the the situation the story puts them in kind of forces you. So you're like, okay, fine. I, I uh, guess I guess I have to go with this. Well, they they do force you because I I did find those characters very insufferable, mm-hmm. uh, except for Moon Lee, obviously, because she's supposed to be the uh, kind of like the the voice of reason of the the group. Yeah. However, she's still kind of brash. You know, she's hanging out with these kids. Like all the kids are just like rebellious for the sake of being rebellious. They, you know, like, like the way that she talked back to her father and Kari. I mean, um, her her character. And it's just like, oh, man, I just really don't like these characters. Um, whereas the first one, like, yes, like you're, it's, it's more delineated. You know who the good guys are, you know, who the bad guys are much simpler, you know, about, I'll throw you a bone and I'll say that I think the first one holds up better story wise. Um, but I, I, I would believe that a lot of people would also attest that the second one has the better action all in all. Uh, I'll, I'll disagree with you slightly but i can understand because i think the last action set piece of the second one uh kind of makes up for the rest of the movie right yeah well uh like i said there's not much info on either of these movies unless it's all in chinese in which case we can't read them Mm -hmm. i don't want to be google translating every page (laughs) right yeah that's that's kind of a shame with these more obscure lesser known hong kong films because they are extremely competently made uh, the action is pretty good, maybe not the best compared to other Hong Kong films, but 
when you compare them to American films, you know, like leagues, leagues ahead. I think I'm, oh, yeah. I think I'm a little harder on on this these two films because I know because we kind of have to lump it in the Hong Kong film category, and so it's it's a kind of unfair, you know, because I know they're so much better than like what was coming out in like the mm-hmm. '90s in America at the time. Oh, oh yeah, of course. This is early, early, yeah, '92, '93. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's for sure. Like it's it still has that caliber of action that you expect from a Hong Kong film. Um, it just I'm not I was again. I'm not a fan of the stories, and we can get into them a little bit more as well if we actually want to like break that down too. But uh, we're here for the action, uh, and if we need to do compare, it's really hard to compare the two because they're technically unrelated. <laughs> so uh, in the end, I would just probably want to compare, like, okay, which is the better viewing experience, and also is the action superior to one versus the other? Right. Um, and we might, you and I might be going against the grain anyways because. Everyone seems to, the, the few people who know uh, this, this series probably would say Ancient Terminators 2 is better anyways. But yeah, uh, we're starting off by saying Ancient Terminators 1 is the superior film. <laughs> yeah, for me personally, uh, I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're like jumping all over the place with our recommendations. Yeah, mm-hmm. just uh, upon rewatching these, uh, I, I uh, thoroughly enjoyed the first one. The plot, you, you just kind of have to sit through the plot. So do you, wa- do you want to get into the stories just a little okay, bit? Okay, well, sure. So Angel Terminator is one. You, you can do the second one. <laughs> I, I can't even do the second one, but sure, I'll 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 make it. All right, fine. You 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 sum up Angel Terminator is one, and I'll do the second. Okay, so there is a mob boss who flees to Thailand. He he returns after seven years. He tries to rebuild his empire, and there is a cop who recognized him from when he first fled. She you know she's trying to kind of not incriminate him she's trying to you know bust him because she knows he's a bad guy she needs proof all the meanwhile the crime boss who returns he realizes his former lover is now married and now he's just fucking with her marriage <laughs> yep yeah yeah that, that's a story yeah it's a story i i like all the yeah. i like all the little little twists and turns it goes through i like that um these characters are put in these like really uncomfortable situations and you think they're going to get out of it but they just can't i don't i don't want to spoil it because i actually personally do recommend uh recommend the first one recommend the first one yeah so i just want to say like yeah i i I like the story uh and then the action is just like a nice little topping on there for me right well without ruining the 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 giving away anything that happened in the film there's a lot of unpleasantries in there uh, and yeah, that, that's weird for me to talk about and not recommend a movie just based off of that. But just those unpleasantries uh, make the movie a little too dour for me. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, like there's you know some drug overdosing or a drug addiction, and you know a, a little bit of infidelity, and you know like just like innocent people getting murdered, like to the point where well, I mean like innocent people getting murdered in an action film. That's not something to really complain about. Yeah. But in this movie. I just feel so bad for those characters. But that, like just that so that's what, that's what did it for me though, because I kind of, you know, yes, upon the first re, uh, sitting, I was getting a little confused with who the characters were because they were a little similar in terms of their um, mm-hmm. visual features. Right. Watching it again the second time, I was like, okay, I know who everybody is. And then when all these, you know, kind of shitty things started happening, I was like, oh no, like that person got killed or, oh man, I can't believe like, He's getting away right. with You're it. it. Yeah, it was getting frustrating, but in in a good way for me. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. man, I want that guy to die. I was like, oh, we got to kill him. 
and, right. and you kind of well, well, you kind of want that with a villain, right? You, you want him to be sure. insufferable, but not not so over the top. Like this was this guy was like straddling the line a lot. Yeah, no, he no, he's great. Uh, I, I think that uh, Nick Chung, Nick, uh, no, Nick Sang, God, I'm, I'm fucking up everybody's name today. Kenneth Sang, there you go. <laughs> wow, uh, he you know he's a venerated uh, Hong Kong actor. You know he's been in a thousand things, mm-hmm. um, and he does a great job here. I think he's uh, the perfect villain character, and he never feels too cartoony. Yeah, where whereas the villain of the second movie. Bleh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, again, we'll save that for later. Uh, so, yeah, the, the first movie starts off with this, like, set, like, with this, um, uh, like, uh, sting, like, the, this police sting that goes kind of awry with Kara Wai and, and, um, Sharon Young, uh, engaging in a gunfight with the villains and his, and his henchmen. Then it erupts with a giant car explosion, which actually was a pretty good shot. I actually like the, I like the explosion a lot. Um, Obviously, there's no hand-to-hand combat this early in the film yet, so we don't get that until a little later on in the film, wherein, uh, oh man, so are we already at the preschool? Is that, I guess, is that the first one? Uh, I don't uh, even... The first real fight scene? Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, the, the first movie also does suffer from small brawl, brawls here and there. Uh, mm-hmm. I maybe I don't mean to say suffer. They sprinkle out fights. Obviously, it's a little difficult for us because we analyze the fights. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we could say... The preschool is where the one of the earlier fights happens, but it's so short. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like, uh, well, well, let's just sum that up really quickly. Uh, a bunch of kids are crying and screaming and begging for their lives, and then their kindergarten, their teacher gets gunned down in front of their eyes. I don't know. Just wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't feeling this movie. Oh God, we're only three minutes into the film, and I feel terrible. Yeah, but remember um, in uh, Jet Li's High Risk. You know the terrorists hold up that school hostage, and they kill his. You know they kill his wife and oh, kids geez. in there too. This oh yeah, well this feels like born to fight all over again. <laughs> well, I don't feel good watching this. Uh, yeah, it's just like mercilessly like, cruel. But whatever. Um, so this scene's over. <laughs> it gets resolved. Let's just talk about that. Sure. Uh, and then we can rush to like the first real fight of the movie, where wherein um uh we we have uh what's her face what what is her face uh michiko nishiwaki and we'll just call her nishiwaki from now on uh she was in my lucky stars she if you vaguely remember her character she also has um she's worked with sam hong extensively um and she's also in this particular fight scene wherein she and these other two henchmen these martial arts trained henchmen uh foreigners they work for Kenneth Sang, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, like we have our first real fight scene right now with uh, them, like these villainous characters. It's just basically beating up a bunch of cops. This is happening at the like amusement park slash water park, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's actually a really good setup. Like uh, I like the environment a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's it's like it's ripe for like environmental damage and like like great usages of like uh like railings and and the slide like the, the slide was something i actually really enjoyed you know, like watching that the first time uh but yeah like obviously like each character you know they just start off with guns but then when they get that gets armed uh we have man it's really hard to talk about this without uh like without names <laughs> because there aren't too many names uh, that we can associate to these uh, and if we say like oh the white guy fighting the chinese guy that's not very specific <laughs> well there are only so many white guys in this movie so 
if you remember what we say, you're bound to remember one of them. There's a there's the blonde right. white guy, and then there's the brunette white guy. Brunette white guy with the, oh, with the mustache man. and the mullet. Yeah. Right. Oh, mullet man. Yeah. There you go. A mullet man is way more distinctive. Um, this dude is surprisingly good. Like the the, the mullet man. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, he just he he looks very unassuming. Like I wouldn't imagine how like how adept he looks at on camera. He's definitely hits all his marks. He throws these kicks that I definitely believe. So I I don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. I would assume that he's a you know an actual trained martial artist. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, this is kind of the trend in the Hong Kong movies at the time, at least from what I've been watching of these in the in the early '90s, where you have random foreigners as bad guys. So they're probably mm -hmm. like, you know, they're probably martial arts champions uh, looking to maybe break into film or the director or associates saw like a reel or, or, or heard their names like oh get him in the movie we can we can make him look good <laughs> right right so i'm assuming the two characters we're talking about are uh bruce fontaine and mark huffton huffton i'll have to take your word for it doesn't me. matter <laughs> <laughs> so that's those are my guesses um yeah yeah so like they, they definitely sell it sell their you know ferocity in this particular fight uh, you know, like I, like I said before, I really like that the, the usage of the water slide. Uh, once they get both land on this water slide where there's no water, right? This is like a amusement park at night, right? So we're, we're just seeing a bunch of people just utilizing it, probably because production-wise it makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, no one's there. So it's like, hey, can we film here? Why not? Um, they didn't even ask. And... They just they just filmed there. <laughs> <laughs> they just climbed over the fence. Yeah. Uh, the way I mean, like the, obviously, the way that that water slide section ends is kind of anticlimactic. The guy gets kicked off, and he just slides down and he, into the water. I'm like, you know, he could still be alive. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. That, that, that's all. It is. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a shame because uh, unfortunately, this is uh, this is just a shorter fight scene. Uh, mm -hmm. Considering how nice the environment they have, I was hoping they could go into it a little more, but uh, mm -hmm. it does end with the guy twisting one of the police officers necks and he just like shoving him over the arm railing of the roller coaster so yeah, yeah. Right, right right i mean yeah this this fight scene is relatively short but um we are given our our what like our, our villainous crew right mm -hmm. the one that we should be really worried about um but it's really yukari right yukari uh, not yukari uh uh michigo michigo who, who's the one who like really stands out yeah she all. so she's uh she's like the mini boss she's number she's number yeah. two under uh kenneth sang mm -hmm. and um she kind of and she'll come into play later yeah yeah she kind of starts antagonizing the the main characters towards the end of the film Mm, right, right, right. Um, and she also has a personal vendetta against one of our lead characters, played by Carrie Ng, who isn't a martial artist and doesn't do martial arts in the film, but she's the uh, ex-lover of the villain of this movie. Yes. Um, yeah. So we're going to jump forward a little bit as well. Uh, we have a, not, it's not really a fight scene. There's a fight scene in the mall. Kind of. Not really. Yeah, I it's think not, we, that's not a fight. Yeah, we can fast forward through that one. There's, there's a few knife work knife things going on but ultimately you're just like eh, okay you know it's fine mm -hmm. okay so i'm pretty sure that that mall that we're kind of glazing over is the same mall in angels terminator 2 it looks yes. very similar with the uh yes. with the um escalators so right. hey connection right 
that is the connection. Uh, that's why I assume is the only thing that these two movies have in common. I actually thought that this was the same mall that was filmed for Police Story. However, I was wrong, and I should have known better because I was actually there. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know why I thought that. But um, you, you can see how, I mean, we're kind of going into Angel Terminator 2, but you can see how they were referencing Police Story 1. It's, it's oh, pretty okay. obvious. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure, for sure um yeah so uh this isn't technically a fight scene we can talk about but the next one actually happens immediately in the next scene wherein uh sharon young takes down these two men who are harassing this uh what prostitute character i guess well <laughs> she, she turns out to be kind of a secret police informant mm-hmm. kind of like a mole yeah 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 so but she you know like uh, throughout the movie they're constantly referencing her as a, the, the whore so i'm just gonna call her the whore <laughs> <laughs> so uh is uh pen pen young is that is her english name sharon young is that what we're calling yeah, well that's uh, google search says so so I, I think it's a lot easier to say sharon so i'm just right, gonna call her right. sharon from this yeah. point on so yeah this is our first introduction to her fighting and as i was kind of alluding to earlier um unfortunately i don't think she has the power to sell a lot of these moves but i think the choreography and staging makes it believable for people who you know who don't have the same eye as we do where we're really looking at this stuff like yeah with hong kong movies they know how to kind of storyboard in their heads what they want things to look like and she's unfortunately one of those smaller framed women women so it's a little hard to believe sometimes that she's really you know, delivering power behind her hits. But I do think that the edits uh, help sell it for her. That's interesting. I thought I thought I was the one who was going to be more critical of, this, <laughs> uh, of her. Because um, I actually don't like her performance, uh, like acting-wise. Oh, really? Um, See, I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but I think her... Like her selling the hits is per- perfectly fine in my opinion. She, you know, like especially when she does this um, this axe kick and delivering it directly onto this dude's chest. Uh, I, 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 it, it sold it for me. You know, like it, it looked like there was a lot, lot of you know uh, impact there. Um, I, I also don't think she's that small framed of a woman. I mean, she's basically the same height as everyone else. All the all the dudes that she's fighting. Right. So, you know, so, um, so she you, never looks too dainty and she never looks like she's um, like just throwing these limp kicks. So I guess to I guess to kind of uh, combat that a little bit. So what I've noticed uh, just with this fight. So what I'm noticing with this fight is a lot of times when she'll throw a move, they'll edit and then it'll mm. go to the up close for the hit. As right. to where when I'm thinking about someone like um, Ikari from Angel Terminator 2, they have her choreography in you know uh, profile wide and yeah. she is just sure. delivering hits to the body without so many cuts so uh, un- you know i'm kind of unfairly comparing the two but uh i'm seeing where uh sharon young uh has to sell power with an edit uh they give uh, yukari the opportunity to just like hit the bodies of the stuntmen she's fighting right right no that that's that's fair that's completely fair uh well I mean, in terms of her like hitting her marks and whatnot like it's you know she definitely does so in, in spades you know like she does this one uh low high low middle high uh round snap kicks which i i actually like you know it, she definitely has that balance and she sells that for me so i don't think that was masked in editing so i, I like that about um her her ability you know her martial ability um there's in terms of like the continuity of fight i don't know there's there's one moment where she she throws 
she basically does a judo throw on a guy and hurls him over a railing. Mm-hmm. And you can see in slow-mo that he lands on these bamboo stacks. Like, it's supposed to look really painful, as if it's supposed to take him out. But then he just jumps back into the fight later <laughs> on. I'm like, you should be, like, limping, man. Well, he kind of bounces up from that throw, so it's like, oh, okay, I guess he springboarded from it. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I guess uh, just be, me being nitpicky. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like the, the fight goes, it's really short all in all, uh, just showing Yukari, oh, no, well, she's throwing these names all over the place, uh, Sharon, like how easily dispatching them, and it just ends abruptly when she shows her badge. It's like, I'm a cop. Uh, They're like, oh, shit. With me. why did we fight? <laughs> uh, why why did we do this to begin with? Mm-hmm. Because we need more fight scenes. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> like, why couldn't you just show us the badge earlier? Because we wouldn't have a fight scene. There you go. That's the answer. <laughs> pretty much. And, you know, they they I'm, I'm glad even though, like, it, if you if you think about it, yes, that fight scene is a little useless. Uh, you know, they establish that she can fight, that she's not mm-hmm. just this like kind of dainty little woman. Right, right, right. So I want to stop talking about this fight. Because, well, one, because we don't have much else to say, yeah. or at least I don't. But two, I really like the next fight. <laughs> uh, okay, so this would be, um, I guess you can say like the sting operation that happens mm-hmm. in the, I guess like the treatment plant, the outside yep. factory. Yeah, yeah, this one's good. This one's really great. I like this one too. Right. Yeah, and it, you know, like everything about this is great. Mostly because of the actor who the the fedora wearing. Not fedora. I don't know. Like the hat wearing dude. Yeah, fedora. <laughs> uh, is it a fedora? It's, uh, oh, maybe uh, maybe it's a bowler. I, I guess it's not really. I don't know the difference. I don't know my hats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this dude, uh, I I don't know who he is, mm-hmm. but um. He he's also very unassuming. You, you can clearly tell that it's him doing a lot of the action. In fact, all the action. Uh, you know, like he it doesn't seem like he has he has a stunt person subbing in for him. So looking at the guy, and this is not me body shaming. You can't tell that he's a martial artist. Right. Yeah. He's he a, he's a little bigger built, a little mm-hmm. little wider, I guess I would say. But yeah, uh, kudos to this guy. This is this is one of those things where uh, they set up a bad guy just so. They can kill him, but that fuels yeah, re- that fuels the revenge for the other bad guys. Then to you know want to mm-hmm. take out the good guys. Right, right, and okay. So this is primarily uh, Sharon Young versus this fedora wearing man. Fedora, uh, and yeah, <laughs> and simultaneously, uh, you know, we have the other characters, uh, uh, Michiko, and you know the other villainous henchmen who are also in this, uh, fending off a bunch of police. Uh, the problem with it is that it does jump back and forth between them mm-hmm. a lot uh and there's this one other fellow police officer character who is working with sharon and he's fighting another white guy <laughs> white martial white guy in this movie white martial artist in the movie but they're not the he's not the same martial artist as the earlier film uh, earlier fight scene so more characters yeah. <laughs> even more characters and whatever um but it, it jumps back and forth between um uh the, the these two the fights. partner uh, yeah the, between the two fights and i actually don't like that i kind of wish it just focused on sharon's fight yeah because that's clearly the highlight so i understand why they had to do that it this is kind of an action set piece that has fights in it so basically what's happening is yes you know we have the sting operation going on with the police and anytime there's a break in choreography we see the police officers with the automatic rifles and then we get exploding barrels we have yeah. the you know the white bad guys with shotguns blowing up said barrels you know you right. know it's 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 a full-blown uh big action scene so 
once you know once the guns stop then it goes back to the choreography mm, I, I it makes me feel it makes it feel a little unfocused for me at times mm-hmm. uh, i really just and it throws a momentum off for me I, I i like the sharon fight so much that whenever it does cut away from it i i feel like it's just pause you lost all the momentum that you gained from that uh, because it, it essentially is a chase scene, right? So yeah. he's kind of trying to escape her as much as possible, but she's not letting up. So anytime, uh, you know, like they just randomly cut away from that, you're, you're thinking, oh man, where are they now? And then it cuts back to them. And it also, almost feels like all semblance of spatial awareness is completely gone. Right. And and it's a shame too, because uh, this is such a nice set piece because they're really shooting on these, I guess the top of these tankers that have these yeah. catwalks going and then there's you know random uh piles of wood and uh, construction equipment all over the place so it's a great visual i love yeah, all yeah. these spinning hook kicks being thrown by like <laughs> both people it's just it's, it's always a fun visual when you just keep on throwing spinning hook kicks <laughs> <laughs> yeah and did you catch the uh the yes madam uh oh yeah yeah i was just thinking that the yes madam <laughs> what, are you, uh, what are we gonna call that the uh, well, you know, uh, in parkour, they were called a knee giant. Well, in gymnastics too. So a giant is when you uh, you're holding onto a a bar mm-hmm. uh, with your, your your knees or your hands or your elbow, whatever, and you basically do a spin, a, a 360 spin off. Okay, so uh, she's holding on technically with her knees. So the giant means yes. she's spinning. Got it. Yeah, she spins backwards. I guess that became a thing. <laughs> I, I think I think yes, madam. That visual was just so memorable. It you know it just had to be replicated throughout mm-hmm. uh, you know the hong kong movie scene yeah yeah and this is uh this giant is being performed over like you can actually see the backdrop that's being performed over in i don't think that's actually sharon doing the, the stunt uh well because like okay actually it, it, as we're as i'm slowing this down as this performer the stunt person is spinning backwards you can see the belt that's being that is tied around their knee mm-hmm. do you see it yeah yeah I yeah see so it. It, yeah, and and that's it. It, perfectly fine. fine because man this top down shot that she's yeah the the stunt performer is on the railing that is man it's high up it's really really high up this Mm -hmm. is a nice shot that sells the height and how dangerous it is yes she's not crashing through the glass like michelle yo and and yes madam but uh, i would say this is a you know it's a fun take on that move right right and okay then we're obviously jumping through like that that major stunt that happens in this fight but i do like the the fight exchange between the, these two performers um and that's what i'm saying like i don't think yes yeah, sure like the edit does mask sometimes um what sharon can and cannot do in terms of like her physicality but i think that we get enough uninterrupted uninterrupted action here where and i i can appreciate that she's real she can actually hit her marks a lot of the time oh yeah so so, so. What, what i was kind of talking about her earlier i was mainly focusing on that fight where i thought it was kind of mm. weird that it felt like they had to sell the power with the edits like this mm. fight now it feels a lot nicer because she's not getting she's not getting the american edit where they have to cut on the hit mm. They just they're just doing longer takes and it's you know her swinging away trying to get uh trying to fight this guy. Yeah, yeah. It, it starts to lose me a little bit once they get on this uh, uh catwalk that this this incline catwalk. Mm-hmm. She once she gets the disadvantage where she's like dangling for her life and this guy's stopping her <laughs> to go fall to her mm-hmm. death. She does this um I don't know like this random ledge recovery where she just she's uh you know but just launches and catapults her whole entire body upwards and like where did you get that momentum right. uh, it kind of reminds me i mean i'm just 
because I listened to it recently, it kind of reminds me of Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat, where he pulls himself up and dug, oh, double yeah. backflips up to you know the platform above mm-hmm. him. Right, right, right. You know, it's it's yeah, it's funny that. too because so you're pointing you're pointing the fact you're pointing it out that she's pulling herself up with her body strength, but is totally unprivileged. One arm, one arm, one arm. It happens again. Another character does it later in a fight where oh, which one? Uh, they pull themselves up and go onto the platform above. But it's done with reverse footage. I don't know if you remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember that. It's so glaringly obvious. Yeah, it's also with her. Um, yeah, one thing I like about this is that um, no one. Another thing I like about this is that the 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 Sharon Young fight between him and uh, her and well, uh, Fedora wearing man. Uh, it, it's pretty lengthy, but it doesn't feel exhaustive. Well, you know what's you know what's um, great is. Yeah, you said it earlier. It's it is like a chase. So sh- they are going to new locations all the time and doing choreography kind of to um, exaggerate the location they're in. Like so, she's sliding down the rail and then she's like jumping off of it, and then they're <laughs> and then they're fighting in a new set piece. So yes, like it's going on a little longer, but our eyes aren't really getting tired because it's like, oh hey, look, a new a new place, a new place. So I mm-hmm. I, I like that they. We're consciously thinking about changing things up with this fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, again, the environmental uh, using the environment to their advantage. You know, so you know, dodging this random wrench that the or pipe that this guy had. Um, you know, and, and using the railings around her to kind of defend herself, to dodge, weave. Uh, like it, it's it's a great setup. Um, but you know, it's it's it all topped off with one of the best stunts I've seen in a very long time. Uh, it, at first, you look at you look at the wide, right? So you see the dude, stunt performer, falling off of the top of this building, and you know from and this is all done in slow mo, right? So when you first see it, you're thinking, oh well, you're just gonna see him fall off screen, and then that's gonna cut because it's a static yeah. shot. But little do you know that the camera is actually gonna follow him as he's falling, and as he's falling, he is hitting multiple things along the way. Multiple, as in one. There's a crane. This crane, I don't know. It's, it's like a bulldozer ish it's a crane. yeah, yeah. so it's like a it's like a bulldozer that has a it's digging claw like in a in an upward raised position and as he's falling he hits the top of that claw then he hits this yeah. mound of dirt and then he starts tumbling right. down it it's it's great you can definitely feel how painful oh, God, that whole, yeah that you whole you is. can see it looks like his so he's wearing um a blazer it looks like his blazer gets caught on the top of the crane and it rips and you can see mm-hmm. just it it looks like fabric just shooting up all over the place because it tears open. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's the same performer. Probably not. I'm, I'm guessing it's like they got another oh, stunt God, double. Oh god, yeah. This 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 must, must definitely have been a stunt double. Yeah, I mean I I'm not gonna say that they use wires because it, it looks too well, I mean they can't use wires because the guy is flailing his bodies in all different directions. Mm-hmm. If you're using a wire, you can only go up and down, mm-hmm. right? So if you ever do any sort of flipping motion or you torque your body, you're gonna you're just gonna the wires are gonna get in the way. So the way that he's falling, you can tell he's actually doing it. Yeah, I, I uh, would doubt they used wires here i'm pretty positive this is just a they just threw a guy off of the top of a building <laughs> i mean he lands on the dirt he, you know he land but he has to hit the metal claw first so it's yeah it's pretty painful you, so like i said before i don't know if there's enough information on this movie outside you know like in general so we would, i couldn't ascertain too many uh, too much info on this movie so do you think that him hitting the claw was intentional oh yeah I'm, or do you I'm, think he I'm pretty positive Mark? that's intentional. 
Because if you think about well, it, when, when the stuntman does the fall, uh, you want to slow down the velocity compared to the height, right? So it's actually better for them to mm -hmm. hit multiple things along the way as opposed to hitting something that's further down and just picking up speed. Sure. That, that's what I'm sure, thinking. Sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, that's why Jackie hit all those awnings on his way down from that. No, I mean, that's tower. exactly why I did it. You know, he doesn't want to just yeah. splat on the ground. I'll kill him. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. But like watching this, I'm just thinking, you know, um, that dude has to land, hit that crane first before he can hit this sand or this dirt mound, which is, you know, it, it, the dirt mound acts as a ramp too. So like as he, once he falls onto the mound, he can just roll out of it to dissipate all that impact. Still, he has to hit that crane first and that crane, he is hitting that upside down. Oh God. Back yeah, first. Yeah. Neck first. I did. Yeah. It took me a while to, to realize that he has to rotate in the air and hit his back on it so he can kind of fly forward into the dirt mound below. Yeah. Oh, man. Kudos to this stuntman. This is a great stunt. Yeah. I, I you know, the, the, the weird, the strangest thing about Hong Kong or, you know, like low budget production stunt stunts in general is that they border on daredevilish because the difference between being a daredevil and a stunt person is a stunt person will coordinate perfectly like what is possible uh you know like in terms of physics in terms of what physicality can they, they can athletically do um you know they, it's all planned whereas a daredevil they'll do shit that like i don't think this is possible i'm just still gonna fucking do it <laughs> uh here it feels like where how can you plan that out because think about the crane it's in a specific position you have to make sure you hit that while you're upside down and once you hit that you have to ricochet off of that just perfectly so you can roll off this mound. None of that, you can't mess up any of that trajectory. The trajectory has to be absolutely perfect. Yep. If you fuck up any of that, you just, you, you miss the crane, you just go flying directly down to the, the right. pavement. Maybe they did the uh, born, to, born to fight route and maybe they threw a blow, a blow up doll first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, you want to do that. You want me to, you want me to do what with, with my mouth? No, no, not that, not that. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we got a little bit more story. Uh, story. We, we learned that one of the characters is fucking his life away and ruining it for everybody else. Uh, and but so would you say the story next happens. fight is in the car garage? Yes, yeah. it's a short fight. It's, it's relatively I think, short. We have. I think this uh, is just another one too where yes, it's short, but there's like some fun little stunt work stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. So we got our, our parkour scene ish, wherein uh, the early early parkour, uh, wherein the the male performer and um, Sharon Young they jump out of this uh, car lot from like what the third or fourth floor mm -hmm. and onto another like lower level, and you, you can't it's obscured, right? You can't see where they're they're landing. There's probably mats there, you know, obviously uh, where they roll out of it. And then we continue with our action scene. So uh, just in, real in quick, though, one thing I wanted to point out is so she's fighting one guy first and she kicks him off. Yeah, let's just say the third floor. And considering that we kind I kind of feel like they set up in the in the last scene where if somebody falls down, the camera might follow him. So this guy hmm. gets thrown from like the top of the screen to the bottom. And I was almost expecting the camera to follow him to see like what was going to happen if he can hit something. But it cuts to an edit, and then you just see him land on this stone block, and he just spits up blood. I know it's fake, but yeah. because mentally I was thinking, oh, maybe we're going to see him fall and hit something. Like, the edit was so abrupt for me. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, it's weird. I actually do like it. Like, this is not with the main, um, the main pursuer, uh, pursuance in this, this fight scene, but uh, with one of the disposable henchmen. When he actually hits it, 
I don't know. It actually kind of registered with me. It's mostly the blood. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so that's like, what I'm saying. Blood. Like that was such a nice edit. And like when she when she kicks him, uh, you know, kicks him down into the wide. I think there's something with one of the buildings that looks really dark. It looks like that is in the foreground where he was supposed to hit, but it's actually just uh, visually yeah. it. That's actually not the case. And so it cuts, and you're just like, ah, blood, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no like like i said like the blood definitely sells it but in terms of the impact yeah you know, that's where editing actually kind of works see you know you don't need a high budget to, to get your editing right <laughs> yeah so uh the the rest of pursuing uh fight scene continues uh we get a little bit of stunt doubling um when she or sharon is supposed to be doing this aerial flip uh it's clearly a stunt person because you can't see her face and also suddenly she's moving twice as fast <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't look like sped up footage actually like i'm watching it again and it looks like you know the dude's just moving really quickly because the male performer uh yeah the male performer is clearly moving at regular speed um uh, so it continues with them getting back down to ground level as they shimmy down this that is a that is light. a large street light they they shimmy down yeah. i think that's higher than the one in in the line of duty four remember when we were talking about that the mm -hmm. character mm -hmm. lucky he goes from yep. the roof down like this one right. this one looks tall this one looks like a whole two or three floors higher than that and they shouldn't have edited yeah and well the the kind of dangerous aspect of this stunt is uh she follows him down not too long after he is sliding down so if she fucked up and let go and slipped she could have just landed on top of him just you know crushing yep. both of them so there's there's a yep. slight dangerous element to that. Right, right. Well, thankfully that didn't happen. Uh, the way that this ends is there's this one particular sh thing about this I didn't like. So she delivers a round snap kick towards his face and you see he has to perform his his reaction shot he has to look like that really hurt but when he's hitting the ground he like he he kind of like softly oh, yeah, yeah. He softly lowers himself to the floor it looks like he didn't i don't know what it is it's like why did why did they put this take yeah into the movie? yeah I'm sure it, they it kind have... of looks like he's kind of arching his back because he doesn't want his face to smack against the concrete so his mm -hmm. his face is actually right. hovering a little bit and yep. mentally, yep. you know, because the power behind her hit, the trajectory of his body falling down, you want to see the face smack. Uh, you know, the actor's well, probably just trying to protect himself there. It's also his goofy <laughs> face. His, his eyes are like wide open. It's like, am I, am I going to hit the floor yet? Uh, I don't, oh, I'm not? Okay, scene's over. Um, yeah, so that, that ends that particular fight scene. Uh, jumping forward a little bit. Uh, what is the next technical fight scene? I played? Um, we, get a gun, we get a couple gunfights. Uh, we get one where like her partner character died. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I explain that at all. Like, it's really yeah, they're they're kind of like character. C characters who are assisting her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's you know there's a fun action sequence where they get uh you know get the jump on them and all the bad guys are shooting them up. Some good stunt, you know, some fun little moments of stunt work. Some fun explosions. Yep. You know, very typical mm -hmm. uh, Hong Kong stuff, uh, but not not right, really right. for us to dissect because it's you know nothing in terms of choreography. So where does the next fight happen? Right. So all, well, well, okay. Uh, so the next fight doesn't really happen until basically 
uh, they get to the dungeon. Oh, which right. Which is like what twenty minutes. Ago. Yeah, that's that's pretty do far. You, do you want to even all talk these... about that as a fight? Because like it's, it's 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 not really. It's it's also pretty short. Um, and it's not really a fight scene at all. It really is just to establish that it kind of like redeems one of the characters in a way. Yes. Yeah. Not really. It, I don't know. Well, it it's uh, you it's your kind it. of sacrificial moment, I, I guess. Without giving too much away, although that pretty much gives a big <laughs> moment of away. Okay, so I think the next big fight technically is when they're in the abandoned, um, I guess the abandoned house. We're at yeah, the end. Yeah, we're now. at the end. Yeah, <laughs> we jumped all the way to the end. We we are skipping through a lot of like unpleasantries in the actual story. Um, a lot happens, yeah. and towards the very end of the movie, we finally get back. To we get two main main players in this movie, which are Carol Y. She finally comes back to the movie, but also Dick Way appears now, uh, and he wasn't introduced earlier in the film. And I'm just like, what? Where, where did yeah, he come from? He's like and, a hired gun almost. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, like I I, li- I like Dick. Uh, <laughs> I like Dick Way. You know, like in, in in all the movies I've seen him in, he's he's a great martial artist. So I was just glad to see him. But he just gets thrown in at the last yeah, minute. It, he is like, a little. He he does come in a little bit out of nowhere. I get it though because you got to end the movie on I guess like one last fight, and he's technically the last fight. He's not the you know he's not the last yeah. bad guy, but he's the last fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the so now that Karawai is in back in the fray, she's back in the movie. Uh, we have her another disposable partner character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> another police officer uh versus and these two are fighting against oh no yeah these two are fighting against the the, the same three uh villainous henchmen that we mentioned much much earlier yeah. in the movie uh that one that we were fighting in the amusement park they're finally back in the film um so and the reason why uh what's her face Sharon Young isn't back in uh, isn't in part of this fight scene uh, is because of story. But yeah, you know, she com- she obviously comes back to the, the fight scene a little later, uh, uh, later towards the like the tail end of the fight. Um, yeah. So this this actually starts off a little unfair because that's why I like it. You know, uh, yeah, it's, it's three I, versus I, I two. I like when the you know your good guys are kind of at a disadvantage and they have to literally fight their way out of it. Mm. It's it's a shame because I don't know who her. I don't know who I, who her partner is in this scene, this random male police officer, but his fight and between the blonde guy, there's some, you know, there's some fun moves here between the two of them. He does, oh man, so there's this moment where the blonde bad guy throws um, <laughs> the male cop over his shoulder. He does like a backflip and he lands on his knees and elbows. And mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, it, it's in the wide and it, it cuts so you know so quickly you don't really have time to register yeah. but you know when i think about it i'm like oh man like i hope they were padded up for that because that just hurts to land like that yeah yeah i, I mean I, I yeah it does jump back and forth between the two of them um you know like obviously this this white you know, blonde haired performer does have a um, does have a stunt double when they, they he needs to do for like specific stunts i really wish they got him that stunt perfor- the stunt person a <laughs> Because it's just like they don't—they're not even trying. It's like in certain certain shots, you'll see, um, you know, the, the character has his back towards the camera. It's, it's like it's clearly not the same actor, uh, actor, yeah. uh, or same character. Um, and again, like the problem here is that it, it can actually be kind of hard to track who's mm-hmm. who. Um, because the the stunt performer that they got for the blonde-haired guy has dark hair, <laughs> well, of course. Where 
Right, but but then the the villain, like another male character down there, also has dark hair. So I'm like, did he? Are we in the same fight? Like, it's it can be kind of disorienting to kind of keep tracking of keep track of which characters in which location. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, the way that the blonde haired versus uh, partner fight ends is super abrupt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just before you, uh, just before we get into that, there's man, there's this awesome exchange they do. So I'm just scrubbing through this real quick. So the blonde hair guy, he does a spinning hook kick towards the uh, male police officer. And Mm -hmm. before that hook kick connects, the police officer is ducking down. He does Mm -hmm. a kick upwards towards his head and it hits the, yeah. And it hits the blonde uh, fighter in the balls. It's so fast. (laughs) I love it. Like that's one that's one of those combinations where you'd think that they would, maybe highlight uh what they're doing because it's mm-hmm. it's so fast and it's so unique but nope it just keeps right. on going more fighting more fighting right right i mean yeah so i do think it's a little distracting though to jump back and forth between these two fights going on um i mean that that's it, it because it, it gets a little chaotic uh, and it can kind of hard to keep track of what's going on who's I'm, I'm okay with that personally because uh story-wise it kind of makes sense they're in this struggle now it, it it's, you know it's supposed to be chaotic mm-hmm. i personally can keep track of things going on but I, I can see where constantly cutting back and forth you know i mean we've said it many times that's kind of like one of our sins like yeah. you know separate the fights or at least keep mm-hmm. the uh finish one yeah, after finish the other. out the choreography before you go on to see what the other person's doing right right uh yeah so when the like i said before the, it's super it's such a terrible cut um or the way that they end that one fight between the blonde hair dude and the partner uh it's kind of funny actually now that i really yeah, think it, about it it comes out of nowhere so right well, yeah. I mean, they, yep, they kind of yep. set it up because, you know, they're now fighting with these uh, long bamboo poles. Uh, yeah, some fun choreography mm-hmm. going on here and there. But then, right. yes, it cuts back to what, um, uh, what's her name? Oh, yeah, Kara, what Kara Wai is doing. She's, you know, defending uh, in this two versus one fight. But then when it cuts back to them, suddenly they've impaled each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not like... Do you see the action of them thrust, oh, thrusting? They're they're thrusting the the bamboo towards another, and then impa- the impaling happens. It's like you just like it, it does a cut, and you immediately see the bamboo like a, having already punctured the dude. So you just see it, you know, like, and then it zooms out. It's like, oh, what do you know? He got he got he got the stab, and it's, it's like what that we didn't see any of that. <laughs> I, I would like to see the actual like movement of the the stick. Uh, but as soon as these two characters are out of the fray, now we got Sharon Young coming back into the movie, the, the fight scene, and she dispatches one of the dudes, and also in a very <laughs> anticlimactic way. Uh, and then uh, everything we said before about oh, it's great when a hero is the underdog and they're one guy is taking out multiple enemies. It's not okay when it's like multiple heroes taking down one person. Right. I I find that not enthralling. I find that kind so, of unfair. Like, no, I I completely agree. But I guess for me in this moment, I I like it because at first it is a little even. It it is kind of a two on two a, a little bit. But then, uh, you know, then they dispose of the male henchman and then it becomes the two, you know, the two good female characters versus the the bad female character. Sure, it's uneven. But at this moment um, in the movie, you know, you want you want them to win. So I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't even matter because once it becomes a two on one now, it it, it ends in the next five (laughs) seconds. 
she takes a giant pillar and swings that shit, and the move, and the fight scene's over. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's a shame. Like uh, we've we've said this so many times. Like when you when you take out the you know the bad guy in the finishing blow, you kind of want a little bit of a build up to it because when it happens, when it happens like in the middle of uh, I don't know how to describe it. If it feels like it comes out of nowhere, then it's gonna feel like. Oh, that fight ended abruptly, and that's exactly what's happening right. uh, in this moment. She <laughs> picks up this giant log and smashes her with it, and you're just thinking, "Oh, that that's it." You you want you want yep. that build yep. up and momentum. Sometimes the music helps that as it you know kind of it's getting more intense, more intense, and then it drops. But here, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you just get hit with a giant log. <laughs> <laughs> well, she slams against the, the wall, falls to the ground. It looks like she's about to get up. And, and continue the fight. Nope. Uh, she, she's like, oh, I'm out of the movie now. Bye. And she goes, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's unfortunately how uh, Michiko gets out of the movie. Um, so now we're in the final, final thralls of the the, mm-hmm. the movie, the final fight scene. To set up the, uh, the Kara Wai slash um, Sharon Young versus Dick Wei fight. They're in a, basically the villain's lair, right? So they're trying to Metal Gear Solid their way in there. Um, but obviously they, they get their cover blown and it becomes a gun battle and it becomes essentially a chase scene. The villain is escaping. Uh, this is not spoilers at all. I feel like this is like the end of every fucking action. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, so now the Sharon Young, like is trying to catch up to them, but then Dick Way gets in the yeah. way. Ah, Dick Way gets in the way. Uh, actually there's one particular, would I call it a stunt? There's one particular moment of this I really like where Sharon is jumping off of the, I guess like the second or third floor of this, um, of this building, I guess like second floor and she lands on this car. Now that car should not explode <laughs> the way that it does, but yeah, it that's, does. That's a f- she just yeah, lands on the roof. <laughs> that's something you don't expect because that's not how physics work. And she's not like a 500-pound bowling ball. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, she, yeah. you know, lands feet first on the hood of a car, and all the windows blow out. <laughs> yeah, and the trunk just mm-hmm. flies up. Yeah. Uh, you can There's tell explosives that, you know, they in had there. It it's, up. it's fine. But, yeah, you know, it's a great visual. You, you can't help but yeah. laugh at it because that's not what you're expecting <laughs> to happen. But, yeah, it's good. Yep, yep. So yeah, Dick Dick is being a dick and he's getting in the way. Dick Clay's being like, I'm gonna stop with those stupid jokes. So now we have uh, our final fight uh with, with him in versus the other two. And here here actually does feel kind of fair that it's him it's it's two on one. I, I guess it's cause like Dick Way is so oh, imposing. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I'm always for um two good guys versus one if the one bad guy is, you know, physically bigger, like you know it you need yeah. to make that comparison like okay he's bigger you got two smaller characters fighting him sure that that evens it out mm-hmm. right right so yeah this uh it, it's it's a lot of a lot of kicks a lot of kicks being thrown a lot of kneeing uh yeah i mean unfortunately the environment once it gets to the the ground floor is a little stale i kind of wish they, they they set up the stage a little more uh, like or like they they made the staging a little bit mm-hmm. more interesting it's just them on a white wall and a, a, a an empty floor <laughs> there's like barely anything there barely any environment yeah, it feels like on. they kind of just threw props so that they can crash 
through or he can fall on. It's not that interesting. I actually like the earlier moments of this fight when they go when they first go on the ground floor after falling, you know, falling from the second floor, yep. where uh, you know he kicks at her and all these bricks fly up because he missed her, and then he kicks dirt mm. in her face and then he takes a nearby shovel and starts swinging at her. Like I like that kind of prop work because that makes sense. That was in the like the garden environment they were in. But once they go underneath this, I don't know, this kind of patio section, it's like, oh, what do we have? Oh, it's, you know, white furniture. It's patio. Yeah, yeah, it's patio furniture. And like, okay, I guess we're just going to smash it over him. Yeah. Oh, that's how they treat him Yeah, that's so upsetting. (laughs) It's it's weird because it's not like this is uh, terrible in length. It's, It's, you know, it's an appropriate length for a fight. But... She just takes like one of the broken pieces of the of the chair and just kind of clocks them on the head. It, it's just like plastic. <laughs> it's like not reinforced plastic. It, like it, it just gets knocked down. And, and he okay, I guess this is a spoiler. Uh, it look, doesn't look like he dies. Like I mean, they get put enough effort. Well, anytime blood him. comes from the top of your head, that means you you died. <laughs> no, but they handcuffed him, so they're clearly indicating that mm-hmm. he's not dead. So. Uh, that's how we end that fight. Uh, also, kind of anticlimactic. I don't. Um, I, but you know, like I, I, I was gonna say, I don't think you should the, ruin the the last moment because the last moment it's so fucking oh, over God. the top. It's, it's, it, <laughs> it, like one of the one of the staples of uh, you know like um, Hong Kong martial arts films is you end on the freeze frame. Sometimes it's like mid action yeah. where it's like, oh hey, that guy's still in the air. He's still in this blurred frame. Why are you rolling credits? This is one of those great moments where, you know, it ends on this really, really interesting but weird visual. And then you see credits and you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, okay, you know what I'll do? Um, because I, I told you, I, as much as I didn't like this movie, I thought that the ending was so batshit mm-hmm. insane that it made me, like, it almost mm-hmm. made it for me. Uh, uh, here's what I'll do. I won't spoil this movie's ending, but I'll spoil another sure. movie's ending and as a comparison. So at the end of Deadly Prey, <laughs> um, the... <laughs> The hero character looks like he's about to die. Um, and yeah, like he, he's just at a disadvantage. The villain's like scoffing at him. And he's about to deliver, the villain's about to deliver the final blow to kill him. And then the hero takes his shot, like a random rocket launcher gun out of his pocket and shoots the villain. And the villain explodes. But mid explosion, the film stops at a freeze frame. And in the, there, are, there are words on screen saying, Oh, and then, uh, and then um, the villain's dead, and the hero lived happily ever after. And then uh, the credits. I roll. don't think that's deadly prey. This... You're 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 thinking of another best of the worst movie, though. Yeah. Oh shit! Am I? Oh, damn. <laughs> Fuck. Oh no. I know I, exactly I, what I, movie you're talking movie. about. I don't know the title because I know that's not how deadly prey ends. <laughs> oh, that's right. No, we watched deadly prey. Oh damn. Um. Oh, whatever. Uh, after reference that for the the episode later um yeah so that is that this movie's ending is basically just it ends on the freeze frame (laughs) of a crazy moment and you just see credits and your mind is you know there it's funny with with these uh uh, older hong kong films there's no uh prologue or or, you know there's no wrap-up to the characters or, or the plot for anyone to reflect on what just happened it's they they end on that high note. They just don't let you have anything else after that. It's an it's a very interesting way to end the movie. Centennial <laughs> Park too. 